Welcome to the Inside Out Group Podcast, where we're going to talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, we're going to be talking about building a great team. So today we have me, Nathan, your co-host, and we also have Mike. Hello. Uh, So Mike, what makes up a great team? That is a loaded question. (laughs) Um, All right. What makes up a great team? Great team. I think I think first and foremost, it has to start with synergy and relationships amongst the team. And it has to there has to be a level of trust. Uh, And ultimately, ultimately, a team needs to be a group of people who are like minded or uh, maybe not necessarily like minded, but are um, willing to sacrifice and lay down their preferences for the greater good of the mission of the organization. And um, I think that w- to do that, you have to develop trust and vulnerability with people. You have to develop loyalty. You have to be able to have open, honest, tough conversations with people around the table and not out of a place of attacking people, but out of a place of ultimately you're, you're wanting to better better your church or better your organization. So I, I think I think a great team uh, really starts with uh, the why the team is there, which is surrounded by your mission, vision, and your values. That's good. That's good. So you you almost go into a situation before you build the team, you define why you need a team and why what what their purpose is. Almost. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. If, look, if you're just pulling people on your team to have great leaders on your team and they don't have the same values as you, uh, which we've experienced, it is going to pull your team in a direction that you do not want to go. And and so I think that that's that's huge. Uh, you can hire people um, based upon their abilities. You can't hire people based upon their values. That's something that they have to have and they have to uh, go into it basically having your values as an organization. Yeah, because that's something you can't change later on down the road. Yeah, you can always build a team, uh, you know, strengthen a team, strengthen, um, you know, their abilities maybe, you know, grow them, but their values is something that you can't just go in and change for them. Totally, totally. And so, and let me just, before before we move on with this, I I just want to say like, uh, you've probably heard multiple times, hire slowly, fire quickly. If you spend more time in hiring or even bringing volunteers on your team to make sure that they're the right volunteer for the right fit in the right position and you really put them through the ringer and in the forefront it is going to save you multiple headaches at the end of of it all yeah so with it how do you at city church uh build a great team whether you want to talk about the process of you just coming up with the idea from the team all the way to the hiring process of of what you would want to do yeah so first first i'll start with the the idea of uh just building a team in general is is we look for people that are going to create a position for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so someone who is going to work themselves into a position or work themselves into a job. And so our, our motto really is our goal most of the time is to hire or bring in from the inside because you don't have to reteach a culture to someone else. You don't have to reteach values to someone else. If they've been in your church, been in your organization for a year, two years, three years, they should understand the mission. They should understand the purpose. They should understand the direction that you're wanting to go. And so it's much easier to bring them in uh, to a paid position or a high capacity lay leader uh, whenever they understand your your values and stuff. And so from there, that's that's kind of where we start is we, we try to select people from the inside, um, more so from the outside, again, building from the inside instead of trying to build from the outside. And, and so that's, I would say, is the first step. Uh, with that we uh, we've got our um, staff behaviors on staff that, that we want to see people 
We, we want them to constantly make things better. Uh, we want it to where mediocrity is not good. We're constantly striving for excellence. And that word excellence is, is very hard to define because excellence obviously is different from me than it is to you. Mm-hmm. But I, we can all agree that we don't want things to be mediocre, right? Yeah. And so let's constantly strive to, to make it better. They have to have a, a, a good, worth, work, good work ethic. I can't talk about that. Yeah, right there now. you go. Here, and here's another thing. Um, and this is, this is huge. And this is something we've really been talking about a lot recently. They have to be positive. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they're going to be negative, Nancy, if you're Nancy and you're listening to this, sorry. Um, but if, if you're going to be a negative Nancy and everything is a big deal, everything's a bad thing. Everything is, why are we doing this? Don't bring them on your team. Cause it's just going to end up killing the vibe in the room. And so we, we want team players who are going to get along relationally with other people. Um, and that are going to fit into our values. And so really that's kind of the starting process with us, with, with building a team is where's the need, uh, who's going to be the best person for that around the mission, vision and values and what skill sets can they bring to the table and, and really, we're looking for synergy with the team more than anything else. They've, they've got to be willing to lay down their preferences for the greater good. No, I think that's good. And what was that? Uh, I think this was the last question. You said uh, slow to hire, quick to fire. So yeah. Is that the slogan there? Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's good because um, even I know City Church has a, a good process in terms of uh, bringing people on. But speaking my experience, because I don't work in the church, I don't want to work in the church, which is another conversation for another day. We'll see about that. Yeah. Um, so, but I know for me, when I got hired, my process was, I think, five months in terms of uh, interviews. Um, it was to the point where like when they called me in for an interview, I'd have to take the entire day off because it was, I'd sit with what is now my boss, what is now his boss's boss um, with three other team leaders on there. I'd then have a group interview where it would literally be the team that I would be working on interviewing mm-hmm. me to see if I not only knew what I was talking about, but if, you know, if my personality stood out in the interview that they think would handle with their team, right? Because it's not only do you, do you know what you're talking about? Would you work well with that team? Yeah, totally. And I think the my hiring process, even though I was annoyed with how long it took, was good because the same thing, they were slow to hire because they wanted to make sure that not only you knew your stuff, not only did you, know, fit the vision of what the boss wanted to do, but you fit on that team. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. And, and even now... Now, again, ours are more volunteer lay leader positions that are very high capacity, but we have vacant uh, what we call central management team because we're multi-site. We've got uh, a central team that essentially makes all the uh, the vision decisions, the direction, the material that we're pumping out, stuff like that. We've got vacant positions there because I don't want to put someone in the wrong position and then six months later go back, relieve them, especially if it's a volunteer, and then put someone else, which we've had to deal with before. And it's it's not a pretty thing to deal with. For anyone, not just for you, but it affects the whole team and the whole... I don't want to say vibe. I feel like that's a really bad word to use, but the whole uh, energy of the team. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just as bad as vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so, why are some of the dynamics uh, that? Oh man, what are some of the dynamics that you've had to deal with uh, in terms of a team? Yeah. So, uh, I, a team conflict. This is huge. And I, I think it's one of those things that goes back to, do you have the right people sitting at the table? Um, and you need to be able to have open, honest dialogue and conversation without people's get, feelings getting hurt. And we've had people's feelings get hurt. Mm-hmm. And you've been there for that. We've, we've had sessions where 
uh, people are crying, including myself, where people have felt attacked, where people feel like um, no one's listening to them. And, and, and I understand, yes, you want to allow emotion to be expressed, but you need to be able to have a healthy conflict within the team uh, to really be able to get to the root of stuff and to be able to find out what's actually the, the thing that's holding you back, that's caused you to get stuck in an area to be able to, to grow more. And, and so with some of the dynamics, I mean, we've, we've, I think that's probably the biggest thing is, is really how do you allow healthy conflict to happen at the table, uh, without it taking, uh, without it being personal. And so one of the things we, we stress is we don't want someone to attack someone's character. We want someone to critique what is happening within the organization. And so um, I'll use myself for instance. If someone's going to come to me, which has happened, and, and they critique my sermon, which I do appreciate and I value, I'm okay with them critiquing my sermon. But once they start talking negatively about me as a person and about my character and how I suck at this and I'm a horrible father, and whenever they start, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating yeah. now, but but whenever they start attacking me personally, I've realized that now they're looking at, um, at at me and what arrows they can throw into me instead of punching holes in my sermon building or my delivery of a message uh, to make it better. And so then it raises to the question, do we have each other's back? Mm-hmm. Because uh, ultimately we should have each other's back within the team. And if you don't have the other person's back, then you're never going to be able to work well with each other, uh, which again, it just comes back to conflict resolution. So how do you have these conversations? I think it's a slow process. It's a clear process. Um, and it is a very monitored, uh, dialogue with, with everyone. Do you see any different dynamics? So that was obviously, you know, interpersonal, interpersonal two coworkers going back and forth. Do you see any difference with conflicts that you've had to deal with from team to team, you know, or like, uh, department to department? Yeah, most definitely. And, and I think a lot of times, uh, the biggest thing with that, and I think you would agree with this is probably miscommunication from team A to mm-hmm. team B. Uh, there's usually miscommunication. Um, and so with that, then you got to pull in both of the leaders of those teams and make sure that there's clear communication, clear expectations from team A to team B. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with that, we've empowered our leaders. So our CMTs, our coordinators, our uh, campus pastors to step in and essentially the same standard that we have at a staff or an elder or a CMT level, they need to instill into their teams. And so if there's conflict on a worship team or there's conflict in the production area, that leader needs to guide that team to healthy resolution, which does not always happen. Just mm-hmm. being transparent with you. We're dealing with people. It's messy. It doesn't always happen. Um, but we, as much as possible, try to create an environment where open dialogue can happen amongst different teams. No, that's good. That's good. Um, is it true that those you start with, uh, you might not finish with? I think that that depends. Um, in our case, yes. And so if you're a church planner, you're going to go through really three phases. You're going to go through a, a launch team, kind of a pre-launch team. Uh, you're going to lose people, some of your leaders out of that. You'll then shift into the first 12 to 18 months. Um, and then you're going to go through some more leaders, more team members. Uh, everyone thinks that church planning is sexy until they get into it. And about six, eight months into it, they're burned out. It's hard 
hard work. Um, and then really at the 12 to 18th month mark, you're going to end up getting a new set of congregants, a new team. And that's probably the team that you're going to be able to go a little bit further and farther, faster with uh, than with your launch team. And, and so here's, here's what I would say. If you're, if you're a church planner out there, don't give away positions. Just mm-hmm. because someone can lead worship, don't make them a worship leader. Don't make them a worship director or a worship pastor. Just because someone is uh, great at groups, don't make them a groups pastor. Uh, maybe have them for a trial period, three months, six months to oversee that ministry, but don't give them too much authority at first, especially in the beginning days, because they're going to drive the culture within the team. Yeah, that's good. And even, you know, going back to it, um, slow to hire, quick to fire. I mean, you want to make sure that the person in that role is going to set the culture, right? So not only if it was the wrong decision or one that you jumped to too quick because it was just the only person there or what forever reason, right? Uh, Not only do you have to deal with the ugliness that we talked about in terms of now firing that person, maybe there's now team conflict and all the other stuff. You don't have to unroot all the culture and vision that they laid down to now pave the way for the culture that you do want. Right. Right. Which, which that's a, that's a messy process. Yeah. It, it's twice a bigger mess. Than yeah. Normal. It's yeah. twice, twice the bigger mess. And so if you, and, and hear me out, man, if you can be slow to bring people on the team, you make sure that they've got your heart, make sure that they understand the why behind the what, um, before you bring them on, then look at them coming onto the team. No, I think that's good. I'm going to do a modern family coat real quick. It's uh, Marissa and I say it all the time is uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we joke about it all the time, but it's so true. You know, the slower you take things, the faster it'll end up being because there's less you have to uproot later. There's it'll just the process will just be smooth through the entire thing if you do it right. Yeah, most definitely. can't emphasize that enough. Most definitely. Um, so share with us some of your uh, team building or what development kind of looks like at City Church. Yeah. So once we identify a leader and it really depends on like which department, because each, you know, groups are different than worship leading, which is different than kids. And so every department has kind of got a standard procedure for developing leaders. And um, uh, Daniel Pink, I I heard him speak several years ago. It might have been 2010 at Catalyst Conference. And he has a book out there called Drive. And and he kind of lays out this, you know, you want people to have autonomy and authority and that they'll, you know, they'll be more passionate about doing what they're called to do and all that stuff. But there, there's really this, this principle that he laid out and I don't, I'm not entirely sure if it's in the book. I don't remember. It's been a while. Um, but it's the, I do principle. It's the, I do you watch. That's Mm -hmm. the first step. So someone comes in on a team and you're training them up. I'm going to do it and you're going to watch. And then the second one is going to be, I do and you do together. Like we're going to do this together. And then the third step is you do, I watch. And so now you're shifting the authority to them, but you haven't released the authority completely and you're watching them. You're going to coach them along. And then once they've got that down, then you shift to the, you do, I go do something else. And so again, it's, I do, you watch, I do, you do, you do, I watch, you do, I go do something else. And even with delegation um, in any department, even in just uh, the marketplace jobs, you could probably do this at at your job and stuff. Um, This is something that you can do. And ultimately, isn't this discipleship? Uh It's like us discipling and training people. And so that's kind of the, the first step. Uh, with with developing leaders and, and identifying leaders. Once it, once we've identified leaders, we kind of take it a little step further and we invite them into a conversation. And so uh, all of our leaders at tier one, tier two, tier three, and tier four are invited to our monthly leadership meetings. And uh, what those look like is it's two hours on a Saturday. It's usually 
vision casting and tying everything back to our culture. Uh, sometimes we'll go through some exercises. Right now we've been doing Patrick Linciani's um, exercises, which we'll, we'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, we sometimes will break out into groups and identify weaknesses. Uh, other times we'll listen to a 20 or a 30 minute talk during that. And so uh, it starts to give people a taste of leadership without releasing a ton of authority to them yet. And then as as people start to move up and you start to see that, that they're more of a, a fat person, I'll explain in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, then we give them a little bit more responsibility until we find out, all right, this person is strong in these areas. They've got our uh, culture. They understand the synergy. They understand what we're going for. Uh, so let's start transitioning in, into a leadership position. Um, and, and so fat. And so if, you, if you're if you listening to this and you want to be in leadership at a church or you're a church planner and you're looking for leaders, you want to find fat people, faithful, available, and teachable. Teachable. Are they going to be faithful to the mission, faithful to you, faithful to the core values? Are they going to be available? Are they the? Are they going to be a servant? Are they going to be a servant leader? And then are they going to be teachable and coachable? Are you? Are they going to receive correction well? Because they could they could be one or two of the three, but if they don't have all three, they're not going to be the right fit for your team. No, I think that's good, and I think um, so. As you said. Each um, department might have its own strategy for dis- discipleship, for team building. But I think at the core, it's what you what you talked about. We want to see people grow. We, we're looking for those, you know, fat people that we want, uh, you know, be able to teach that stuff. And I think everyone's got their own different silos, right? Like kids got a little different than community groups, right? right. Community groups, I have to be able to have that person as a leader. I have to trust them to have people not only in their home, but to then disciple other people, right? So I maybe need a little more trust there than I would in host team or kids or something like that you know but at the core in terms of how we train a leader and how we bring them on whether it's um just sitting down with uh over coffee and having a conversation with them to them coming to a leadership meeting um at the core city church has already defined the standards of kind of the basic steps of what it should be yeah yeah most definitely and and it's one of those things that we do invite people to staff meeting and that's where 90 percent of the decisions are made in the Mm -hmm. church but even if you're invited to a staff meeting, you sit there and you shut up. You mm-hmm. you observe. You do not you do not throw in your feedback unless asked. Um, and then afterwards, all right. So hey, Nathan, what'd you think? Um, what are some stuff that you would change? And and so we've done that before uh, with people just to kind of get them uh, indoctrinated with the culture a little bit to understand how staff meetings uh, run and and work. <laughs> And, and again, we don't want to give people too much authority too early. Now, once, once we understand that they're ready, we want them to run. We want to empower them and mm-hmm. we want them to run far. Um, and if they can do it better than me, then by all means, go do it. And, and so, uh, you know, jumping back to the development and, and stuff and just want to talk real quick specifically with staff. Um, staff is special. Mm-hmm. Uh, staff is special. Uh, these people I, I see all the time and we have a lot of conversation with. Uh, They see the highs and the lows, they see the good and the bad. And so with staff, they also have to be confidential people. Um, And they, they really have to be people that I can rely on and personally that I can trust. And I I think that's, again, going back to you got to be vulnerable, you got to be uh, trustworthy and constantly as a staff every week, we're talking about leadership, leadership development, time management, how to delegate authority, who to empower, and and constantly going through books, video teachings, programs uh, for us to be able to sharpen our leadership skills as a team. 
That's good. What are um, some practical resources that, you know, have helped you help the staff in that case? You know, because you guys obviously share a lot of stuff during your staff meetings. We share a lot during leadership, which we talked about. What are some things that other people can reach to, whether free resources, paid resources, just stuff to get them started? Yeah. So I think first off, if you're a leader or you want to be a leader, start downloading leadership podcast and listen. Um, listen and absorb as much as you can, especially if you're a young leader. Uh, learn from people who have been there and done it. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to learn about church planning or multi-site from someone who's never done church planning and multi-site. I want to learn from someone who's been there where I have been, who's got the T-shirt, who wears it proudly, and uh, who can tell me what to do and what not to do, and whenever I'm going off on the deep end. And so podcast is one area to start with. Uh, other resources are Kerry Newhoff has got like the high impact leader. That's something that our entire team has gone through. Uh, we've, we've also uh, Patrick Linciani, a lot of his talks we've been diving into recently. Some real simple, simple practical ones is Tim Elrond's, I think I'm saying his last name right, um, the Habatitudes. Uh, these are uh, 15 minute um almost like devotional with pictures uh, that help you develop better habits and, and an attitude behind the habits, hence the name Habatitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great discussion starter. And so uh, we constantly try to bring something to the table every week uh, in our leadership team meeting. Uh, every month it's a little bit bigger, more more vision casting and, and kind of wider scope, but we're constantly trying to put new content in front of people to help them grow. That's good. Um, anything else that you would share for an organization or a church in terms of building a team, starting a team, growing a team? Yeah, I would just say, I would say be friends with the people that you're on a team with. I'm not saying you have to be best friends, uh, but be friends, have fun. And that's a, that's another thing. I think a lot of times it's all work, no play. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to work hard, make sure you play hard. And also, Look, people drive the culture of your organization. People are going to drive the mission, the vision, and the values. And so if you can do something to appreciate them, um, we just handed out gift cards to our entire staff uh, this past week just because things have been going so well. Just, hey, it's not a ton, but we just want to say thank you. We value you. Um, and, And so just doing small things like that valuing people, it goes a long ways. No, that's good. That's really good. Uh, For anyone else listening, if you want to find more resources about uh, maybe leadership, how to grow, how to start, how to continue your development cycle, uh, you can visit us at insideoutgroup.org where Michael will be posting tips, uh, more information. Uh, If you have any questions about leadership growth or development, you can uh, contact us through the website or email us podcast at insideoutgroup.org. You can follow Mike on Twitter and Instagram because I know he posts his stuff all the time. Where can we find you? Mike Moore ALB at Mike Moore ALB. Any social media platform, literally. Yeah. Any of them out there, I'm on it. Anything. I might have 10 followers on one, but I'm still out But there. you're still on there. And then your blog is? Uh, uh, TheRealMikeMoore.com. Awesome. Yep. So that's all we have for this week. We'll see you guys. Next week.